all you want is two more weeks vacation, you think that's going to fix it. If all you want is $10,000 more and you think that's going to fix it, there's probably something bigger going on. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. Hey everyone, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 127, episode number 210. My guest today is Tracy Tim. Tracy is a career strategist and an all-around incredible human being. We had a wonderful conversation today talking about so many good things that you just need to get off your chest. That's like one of the things we talked about that I love so much is like she was so miserable at her job and she thought everybody knew and she had so much anxiety because of that, but not until she tells us this story did we realize how and why it's so important to get that out rather than keep it in your head where you think the outcome may be what it is, but it's hardly ever, but it's hardly ever what you think it is inside your head. Remember, you can find this conversation and on all the other contemplations on any podcast app. You can find it on YouTube, ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Christoph Lewis. The contemplations are where it's just me, the conversations where I interview a guest. The best way to help this podcast out would be to just share it. And I would be very appreciative of that. Thank you so much. So without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis podcast, Create Your Career. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. We're going to have a lot of fun today. It's always so fun. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, always something so incredible for me when somebody gives up some of their day to me because as a lot of people know that listen, like the older I get, the more things I do, the more I realize that I just don't have a lot of time or I will say I'm more picky about how I utilize my time. So, uh, you know, not the truth. Yeah. Boundaries, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I just feel blessed and I feel so thankful for that. So before we get into the rest of the podcast, I'd love to hear more about who you are. Yeah. So, gosh, I mean, that's that's that answer to that's evolved many times over my life. Perfect. But right now, Perfect. <laughs> um, I'm a really proud business owner. Uh, I've been in business feeding myself successfully for five years now. Uh, and so that was a milestone that we celebrated just this past uh, Congrats. Awesome. Months. Um, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about, honestly, like it, it, day one was filing an LLC in a coffee shop in Dallas and lower Greenville. And now, you know, I have a full-time employee and we serve a bunch of people. And so it's, it's been a big, a big, you know, long mm-hmm. transition, but yeah, proud, um, business owner of a company that works with miserably employed people and helps them discover love their it. ideal profession. I to love really that. clear on <laughs> what their true value is and to discover their unique genius zone and then really drive their career like a pro. Um, and it, it was born out of a personal struggle, which I'm sure we're going to get. Yeah. Into and I, I, I'd uh, love to get into that. But that's where we are today. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. And thanks for sharing it with us. And it's so fun how it you even said it before we started recording. Like, I can't wait to record because it's going to be a lot of alignment between the two of us. And already just with that statement, miserably employed people, because <laughs> it is the Christoph Lewis podcast, create your career. And I'm a huge advocate of creating things like we were talking about time already in the beginning. Like, you don't yeah. find the time to do things. You have to create the time, make the time to do things. And 
one of the major reasons why I started this podcast is because people around me were miserably employed. And I was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to talk to people that are going out there and crushing it and helping other people. And you can go do what you want. So I know I have a lot of military listeners and I know I interview a lot of military people, but you also know everyone that I interviewed tons and tons of other people non-military for this exact reason because Tracy's going out there and Tracy is crushing it and helping other people doing it and whether you want to get in the military or out of the military or you have no intentions of ever being um, with the military you still might have a career transition and you're going to probably have at least five six maybe seven in your entire life I would think at a minimum so um, I- I'm interested to hear more about that and we'll get into it so what was your initial desire to do that? It's been five years, but I'm sure this started a long time even before that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. Uh, so I was born on a Wednesday. No, yeah. it's... it's uh, <laughs> Sometimes it goes it, back it, that far. Know. <laughs> I know. So what it really goes back to is the significant difference that I experienced between my academic life growing up and through college and then what the quote-unquote real world was like. Because maybe like a lot of your listeners... like especially if you end up in the military, like you're super good at following orders mm-hmm. and reaching the bar that people set for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I call myself my childhood. I was a black belt box checker. Like you, you said jump. Yeah. I said where and how high and I did it and I was the best. And I got a lot of satisfaction out of being the yeah. best and being an overachiever. But I also got a lot of praise for it. Right. So what I think what we're praised for when we're young, right. starts to build and we start to think, okay, Absolutely. That, that's how, that's how I add value. It's being the best and, and overachieving, right? So you can do that through academia really easily because you know what gets an A, you know it gets a B, you know it gets a C. And so you do the work that's commensurate with getting each of those grades and you get the grade, right? And so if you get an A, you won. Um, but in life, you set your own standards for success or you allow other people to do that for you. Mm-hmm. And then you try to reach that bar knowing that success is this huge spectrum and it's really what I've discovered very uh, unique to each person. And so the long and short of it is that I graduated college with uh, a degree in psychology, which I absolutely loved studying because I just find people fascinating and the way our brains work and our behavior and motivation. I mean, all of it, right? But then my first job out of college was on Wall Street. Uh, And it's way too long of a story to tell you how and why that happened, (laughs) but it was because this black belt box checker kid had no idea how to take what I loved and what I was good at and what I was interested in learning and turn it into a career that wasn't sort of linear. Like I didn't want to be a counselor and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and I certainly didn't want to be a sports psychologist, even though my whole life I had been in athletics. And so without a clear path forward, I looked at the bar that everybody else was setting and I was, I was graduating from an Ivy league school. And so going into finance or going into consulting was like the bar, right? That was what everybody else was going to do. So I I got a job working in finance. I am really good at sales. I basically sold myself through that entire interview process (laughs) and I worked on wall street for two and a half years. And the initial motivation for the business I have now came from that formative, miserable experience. Wow. And it wasn't, you know, you say what you want about Wall Street. It, it's all true. <laughs> if you've seen any of the movies, you know. If you've worked there, you know. Uh, but it wasn't that it was stressful and it wasn't that it was, um, you know, dog eat dog and that it was a man's, you know, fraternity sort of like thing sure. going on. I, I can handle all that. I've played sports my whole life. I love pressure and stress. Like, yeah. I, that didn't bother me. In fact, that was kind of nice because sure. 
at least with men, you, you they're straightforward about what's pissing them off. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, we got a lot more stuff going on. So um, anyway, the point is that what was horrible and miserable about that experience wasn't that the environment was inherently bad, which it, it is, it's toxic. It was that I couldn't be myself mm. and be successful. So, important. so I spent two and a half years really trying to I mean, have you ever heard the the phrase like you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, I was a fish trying to climb a tree. I was yeah. a cow trying to swim yeah. in the ocean next to dolphins. But what I tell people now is is professionally we all have this gold medal level of achievement that's possible for us. Like we're all inside a Michael Phelps or a Usain Bolt or whatever, right? But most of us are Michael Phelps not in the pool but trying to pole vault. Mm -hmm. Not in the pool, but trying to downhill ski, right? Sure. And and that's exactly what I was doing. I was taking all of the great things about me from a personality perspective, from an experience, what I like to learn, you know, where I showed up really well. And I put that in an environment where not only was it not useful, but in a lot of ways, it was a liability. Mm -hmm. And And I couldn't see outside of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like if you walk into a Starbucks, you like smell the smell really like yeah. immediately. But if you're in there long enough, you forget. Exactly. That it smells yeah. really offensive, yeah. right? That's actually, that's um, a really interesting way to put it. Yeah. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't see outside of my own experience. And mm -hmm. so I was lost. I just thought, okay, this is what successful people do. And I'm miserable here, which means if I want to be successful, I'm going to have to be miserable. I mean, have you heard that before? Yeah. Right? Like you're either yeah. miserable success yeah. or starving. Yeah, this is you, you just hit another pillar that this podcast stands on. It, it is that. <laughs> and I was so sick and tired of hearing that in my own life. I was, I was sick of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so I just hit this point where I think everybody hits, which is either, okay, I have to just accept that this is what life is going to be, or I'm not willing to settle for that. Right? Absolutely. And. And we all have to choose that at some point. Some people choose it when they're 50. Some people choose it when they're 25. Yeah. Some people choose it on their deathbed. Right? It, it's, it varies for all of us. And I was 25 and I was like, this cannot be all that there is. Yeah. But I had no idea how to figure out what there was, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I just didn't have the tools. I didn't have the strategy. I didn't know enough about myself. And I also didn't know how to figure all of that out. You know what I mean? Sure. So... So yeah, I, that was the first inkling for the business was when I, um, the first thing that I thought it was like, okay, I'll talk to my parents. I had two loving, amazing parents who were both in IT for 30 plus years. Oh, wow. One of which is still at the same company that she's been at now for 30 years specifically. So like they were no help. They had a lot of love. <laughs> they had a lot of support, but yeah. they had no advice that was going to work for me, sure. you know? Um, and so I called my school. I was like, well, maybe the career center has some things for alumni or what have you. And I was shocked that even an Ivy league school wouldn't have, you know, a step-by-step -step program, some kind of like mm -hmm. a book, a coach, anything that was going to help me figure, figure this out. And mm -hmm. so that was the first time that I thought, a, I can't be the only one that's going through this. B, it's really offensive that there isn't something that's obvious, like a step-by-step, -step, hey, if you have no idea what you want to do, here's step one. And C, if I could figure it out for myself, I have some ingenuity, right? I was like, maybe I can teach other people how to do the same thing. Um, and so that's kind of where the, the, incentive, the idea was born. There was then a whole like, I don't know, three to five year trajectory where I screwed around sure. <laughs> and sure. tried to like talk myself out of that being what I wanted to do. But at the end of that whole self-discovery process that it was, it was right there in front of me that now that I know mm -hmm. where I add value and mm -hmm. how to leverage all of my previous experiences and how to put that 
genius into a profession that still honors my values and allows me to be myself that there's so many people who could benefit from that and so that's really what our business exists to do today i really like that and it starts with just asking the question like you said can this be more or this can be it you know more more of a statement of 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 this can't be it and i know i've i've said that a lot of times in my life i continue to say it and i think it's healthy to always question your path because I always want to continue to learn. I always want to continue to help people. And I think the best way to help yourself and other people is to continue to question what you did. And you mentioned a linear Mm. path. Like I always thought that my life had to be linear and I thought it was going to (laughs) be not easy, but I thought it was going to be relatively straightforward. And then as I got older and older and my 20s started getting closer to my 30s and I was like, this is not linear. I don't know what I want to do. I was in the military for most of my 20s. And I still was like, this is not what I ultimately want to do. But I did in my mid 20s. I think you said you were 25. And I was about 24, 25. So it seems to be a common theme. I think your 20s are really good for figuring that kind of stuff out for a lot of people. And like you did say, though, some people can do it when they're 50. You can do it when you're any age. If you want to start KFC, yeah. you can do it when you're like 72 or something. So there's a, there's a lot of ways you can take this, you know. So um, asking the questions important, uh, asking, you know, what else? This can't be it. All those questions. And you're right. It's just so funny. Like e- even working on Wall Street or on Wall Street for two and a half years, you're still able to ask that because I think what people can do, at least this is my opinion, is people can get wrapped up in what they're doing and they can be making decent money or be like, this is comfortable. Why would I throw all this away? And it can be hard to or even harder to make that decision when you're already when you're already in it. Um, did you say why, like when exactly, like when was that moment where you're like, I'm going to quit? Like, how did you decide that? Like describe us through those emotions and those feelings and those thoughts. Story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, everything in my life comes down to stories and these like pivotal moments where someone in my life helps me realize this really important lesson. Okay. To me, that's that's like how, how like God is revealed to us. It's like through other people and, and being there at the right time and saying the right thing. And I was, okay, so this, it's a good story, actually. So I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. All my friends knew it. My parents knew it. Like I, I was drinking NyQuil at night to go to bed because I was so anxious, but then I would like, like mix it with wine. Like it just, it was a total messy period of, of just really bad. It was bad. I just wasn't taking care of myself and mentally or physically the whole bit. And, uh, but I, I saw these little glimpses of hope, like, okay, maybe if I take this vacation, I'll feel better. If I take sure. this week off, I'll sure. feel better. If I go and do this thing that I really love, I'll feel better. And none of it was enough. You know, I, I tell that to people all the time. I'm like, if, if all you want is two more weeks vacation, you think that's going to fix it? If all you want is $10,000 more, and you think that's going to fix it? There's probably something bigger going on. Yeah. And so what happened was I had a, a wedding to go to. And if you know me for five minutes, you know that I love weddings. I love love. I'm a huge romantic. I love wine. I love dancing. I like weddings are my jam. Like if I could just be a professional wedding attendee, I would probably do that. <laughs> and <laughs> which is you know, hard to get paid to do, uh, but you could do it. So anyway, I got invited to a friend's wedding, but it was a high school friend. People I hadn't seen in okay. a while. And uh, it was all the way out at Notre Dame. 
And so I was excited. I like get to go see Notre Dame. I'm going to this wedding. I get to see my high school friends who I haven't seen in a while. And so I'm like, I'm going to put work away. It's going to be a great three days. I'm going to have a reprieve and I'm going to go back and maybe I'll have more energy. I'll feel mm-hmm. better. Sure. The minute I got out there, all I could think about was work. So Um, day after day after day goes by and all I can think about is how miserable I am and how I'm worried I'm going to get fired because they're going to figure out I'm a fraud and I have no idea what I'm doing, but I don't want to get any better because I don't really like the job. You know, it's all that crap going on in your head, right? And which you've you've had, right? You're constantly like trying to negotiate with yourself about why it's a good idea to stay or whatever. So I was all the way out there, had done this whole travel um, I'm at the wedding at the reception. So like my favorite part, there's dancing, there's drinking, there's friends, there's good food, all of it. And I cannot stop thinking about work so much so that I leave and I go sit outside on the curb and I just start crying, just losing it Sure. It, because I couldn't even be present in a moment that I loved with yeah. people yeah. that I loved, yeah. right? Who knew the best version of me. And, uh, my friend, Matt, who I'll never forget, it came out and sat next to me. And he was the first person in like two and a half years to say, this isn't you. Like, what is it that's going on that's causing you to feel like this? Because I know the best version of you, right? Everybody, anybody who's known us since high school has known like the dorky, unfiltered, messy, but honest and authentic version mm-hmm. of ourselves that's really probably the best version. And he was like, I I just know how happy you used to be and how full of possibility and life and, you know, everything. And what is what's going on? And I was like, this job is killing me. He was like, maybe it's time to seriously think about making a change. You know, maybe it's time. And I'll tell you that that wasn't the first time that I'd ever thought that. It was the first time that it had become a non-negotiable, you know, and and what scared me though, was that I wanted to run out of the front door. I truly did, but I didn't want to not know where I was running to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, I would have quit. I happily, uh, but I didn't know where I was going to go. And so quitting a job without another job was just like a definitely can't sure. do that. Sure. <laughs> so I didn't, but until that weekend and, um, for some reason, that moment with him on the curb just really resonated. And so on the flight home, I typed up on my little old school iPad, my quitting speech. And I literally went in the following day and I quit. Wow. So, (laughs) so then you didn't Um, have something lined up. You just went in there and just did it. And then then maybe did that force you to, so I think that's double edged because I, I, I've said this before and this is a great example. And I love these personal stories because they're, they're so good and they're so unique and they're just so raw, but Mm -hmm. you didn't have it. And I, I want to hear more about like, did that kind of spark the fire? Because I've told people before, uh, is, is you can, you can, if you don't want to work your job, start looking for another job now and just don't tell anybody about it. There's nothing holding you back from going <laughs> on LinkedIn, going on Facebook and asking people, asking friends to do that. Or you can just quit your job and then like have a really good reason to find another job. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's also what happened to me, which is the in-between option, sort of like option C, uh, which okay. was the the relief of ah. having my senior leadership know that I didn't want to be there sure. allowed me to actually this was this was shocking. I still to this day like can't believe that they gave me this option. But we were so shorthanded, like the financial um Basically, 2010, 2011, 2012 were pretty pretty challenging, yeah. obviously, like at yeah. the aftermath of, yeah. of the downturn. But then also um, with some downgrading of, of the U.S. as a credit and the whole bit. So like we had gone through some pretty crazy stuff and our desk had, had shrunk literally in half. Wow. Um, and so they, I mean, 
first of all, let me just tell anybody out there who's like, I would never, I could never tell my senior leaders like that I'm not happy. They either already know or they have no earthly idea and this will shock them to their core. Because I told them and I, the whole time I thought everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows. They had no earthly idea and they were like, wow, this comes as a shock. So we want to give you some options. Either A, stay with us and we will, um, we'll, we'll give you training. We'll, we'll help you get better. We'll help you feel more comfortable, sure. whatever. B, stay with the company and HR will help you reorder, go wherever, somewhere else. Okay. Or C, just at least don't leave, like don't walk out the door until you have a plan for where you're going oh, wow. and do okay. the bare minimum. Just like stay here and help. And, and I was like, uh-oh. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that that would be an option. Sure. But as soon as it was, the relief that I felt of not having to pretend anymore yeah. was so energizing. And it allowed me to get rid of the anxiety that was keeping my blinders on, that was keeping me from seeing you know, yeah. possibility and start to see options and opportunity. And that's exactly how I discovered my next step yeah. was, was staying there, but but having the relief of, of all the cards being on the table yeah. and being able to see what my next option and opportunity would be with so much more clarity and openness. That, so, that's what I was going to say with that clarity and openness of having that anxiety yeah. out. Cause you, you know, like that's such a good example of like keeping it bottled in and just, you were going crazy and you were such a good event, event that you loved and you couldn't even handle the event and you had to go outside. And then it's so good to just talk to somebody that that friend that came up to you and when you hear it from somebody else's mouth it it rings a little bit different than in your head because i think you in your head when you keep it in your head the same thing with like when you told your bosses like when you keep it in your head you think about it a million different ways and you have all these hypotheses however when you tell somebody you told your friend he's like you need to leave when you tell your bosses they're like (laughs) we didn't even know and like when you get it out then 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 you have the answer and like you you can't just sit in your head and think like i think it's this or i think it's that that, like it might suck and it's probably going to suck bringing it up to that person or being vulnerable maybe saying yeah. that but oh my gosh it, it is such the better way to go and I'm, I'm glad that you've done that and it's clearly led up to what you've done now and we've kind of answered it a little bit and I love asking this question of why you help people yeah. and like where does your passion for helping others come from and we've we've really answered this in a couple different ways already but is there anything else that you would want to add to that mm-hmm. question of anything like deeply rooted obviously you've seen it in yourself and, yeah. you, and, and you don't want other people to it fall is. into that trap oh my gosh so the thing that that drives me that doesn't necessarily like gets me out of bed in the morning and i hop up and i'm ready <laughs> to go and like whatever that some Whoever said that when you find something you love, you don't never work a day in your life. That, I don't know. That was a kept, that was a kept man or a kept woman. Like when you find something you love, you work harder than you've ever worked in your life. Yeah. That's the truth. But you don't necessarily and, mind and it, you, you know? Yeah. You don't mind it as much. Like I Not look at my much. financials now and I actually enjoy it. And it's kind of yeah. fun to play with the numbers. Yeah. When I used to look at financials, when I worked on, you know, on wall street, yeah. I hated it. Yeah. So it, it, things change. Right. But when you're doing it in service of something you really believe in, the things that were shit sandwiches before are now a little bit more tolerable mm-hmm. and, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, <laughs> the reason that at the end of every day, at the beginning of every day, um, the whole purpose behind all of this for me is our opportunity to unleash potential on the world sure. that would otherwise go unrealized. Yeah. Meaning 
when I was sitting, so when I left the bank, one of my really good friends, uh, Jennifer, texted me and said, I'm so glad that your heart is no longer buried in that place. And for some reason, that just like that visual really helped me see that I had out of fear been keeping from the world my fullest potential, my heart, the gift that I had to give. And in fact, by staying there, I was probably in someone else's fullest potential seat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I was taking uh, yeah, that's good. Else's yeah. Cause you did talk about that earlier. That's, that's a really good point. And I'm glad you brought that up. You said, uh, you know, about, uh, and this is completely different, but like a bear swimming or actually bears, yeah, I think yeah. swim pretty good, yeah. but essentially you be like, you could be Michael Phelps, but you're running instead and, and vice you're versa. You're, 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 you're playing somebody yeah, else's yeah. event. So no, I love that. And I'm glad that you brought that into this because that, that's so true. That's so true. Cause yeah. once you find that, like that, that's your own swim lane that you were meant to be swimming in or running in or doing whatever, it just feels so right. And you're streamlined. Yes. Yeah. And so, so for me and for, for us and anybody that I hire, anybody who works with us, the whole goal is what is that best and highest value that you have to add in the world as Mm -hmm. a professional and how can we get you so aligned with it and feeling so confident in it by actually getting really clear on the value that you really do add. So what are your core values and how uh, how do you behave naturally and how can we leverage all of your previous experiences so that you feel credible and ready to make that leap? All of that comes together to create this really beautiful, unique genius zone, this mm-hmm. niche that mm-hmm. like is made for you. Sure. And when we help somebody identify what that is and then they can go kick ass partly just by being themselves and partly by getting to leverage all of the previous experiences that some of them, some of which they probably hated, but now have value. I mean, that person is like off to the races and they're back in the driver's seat. You know what I mean? So, so to me, it's this exercise of, of, of the impact and the ripple effects of the people that we work with that those people can have yeah. on the world and yeah. on other people. That's so special. That's the real potential in my yeah. life. Yeah, that's like, uh, I will say, we've covered two topics while I started the podcast. That would be a third one. Yeah. And that's why I always ask that question because I think it's so important to help and highlight the helping of other people. And I know sometimes it may sound yeah. like an obvious, like, why would you ask that question? But to me, is I, I always want to highlight to be able to help other people. And I was on a phone call last night with somebody and he was asking me why I started the podcast. And one of the one of the many answers is this exactly is I genuinely from the bottom of my heart think that when we have conversations like we're having right now and we're encouraging this thought, we're encouraging this courage and we're encouraging each other to help each other. I swear to all things holy that the more people that have this conversation, <laughs> the better the world will be. And I know it sounds kind of cheesy and cliche, but I believe it more than anything. And that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast and why I spend seven days a week, 16 episodes a month. Like, it's just like, (laughs) it's just me over here and it's super infuriating at times. And I'm the pure epitome of examples of I love this podcast and I really don't always want to do it. And it's really difficult, but I I love the results and I love the helping of other people and encouraging that. So it's so, so good to be able to see you do that as well and that be your reason as well. So awesome. Thanks, yeah. It's so true though, you know, like that if, if, if we only did it for like the kudos that we get back, that's one thing. Cause I guarantee that you get calls just as much as I do about, Oh my God, this was a gift. And my life is totally different because of this. And you know, all those things. And that's amazing. Honestly, that 
it doesn't replace your income, right? You got to girls got to eat, but it makes you feel really, really good. But at the end of the day, what they then get to go do is be themselves every single day, bring them, bring their whole self to work. And the people who see that, like that's the real gift I think that you're giving to the Mm -hmm. world is Mm -hmm. maybe not necessarily, you know, just one-to-one, but it's the ripple effects that that that's going to have among communities, you know, among, um, I mean, even larger populations. So I am with you. I totally agree. It's such a wonderful feeling to unlock that, or find the key, unlock the door, and then open up that door and see like this oh, moment of like who who, who you <laughs> yeah. truly are, you know, like the the sun shines and yeah. like obviously you've been you for as long as you've been you, but like to feel this feel this new version of you is incredible, and I know it's addictive, yeah. but it goes all the way back to what you said in the very beginning of. Uh, having the courage to, it's not even courage, but asking the question of yourself, like, is this it, you know, is there anything else Oh, I think it takes massive courage. You know, I I was terrified for so long to deviate from Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the norm, you know? Mm -hmm, Sure. Yeah. And I, and I say it, you know, it, it, it it does take courage, but it may not always take courage because I do believe Mm -hmm. that sometimes like it may come from another place. Like you don't even what I mean by that is not to take away that the fact that it does take courage, but you don't even know that that is a question to ask of yourself, but oh, sure. you, you know, so it can be a tough place. Like if you don't even know what you don't know, then you're never going to know what questions to ask to figure out what you don't know. And that's a tongue twister. And a half. <laughs> Woo. It's pretty good. <laughs> Jeez. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know that yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's yeah, just, uh, I'm it's, yeah. totally with you. So, that's- yeah, and uh, we, we've talked about so many great things. I, I do want to take it back down to um, uh, mentorship. And uh, clearly, you are a mentor to other people. And we've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about the importance and impact that people have had on your life. But have you had a particular mentor in your life? And how did you come about that person? Was it organic or how was that? I have many. Uh, Perfect. Many current, many, many historical, many yeah. that, have, that have come, like I said, at the right person at the right time mm-hmm. um, for a season of life or even for a week of life. <laughs> um, the, the really the two that came to mind right away are actually from mostly from my history. Okay. Uh, and they were part of that pivotal period of That's time special. where okay. I, had, I had left the bank okay. and I was still trying to determine, you know, who I was in the world and what my, what my genius zone was, what my niche was and, and who I wanted to be professionally. And one of them was a woman who, um, she had, she, so after I quit wall street, I went on a semester at sea, uh, okay. but I was 25 and semester at sea is actually an undergraduate study okay. abroad program. So have you, have you heard of this before? Yeah, I am familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. I perfect. haven't done so it. But. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically a four to six month period of time where you study abroad, but instead of living in one place, you live on a ship with a bunch of other students and you sail around the world. So the ship ports so cool. every so often and you get to travel. And then when you're on it and traveling in between ports, you're taking classes and meeting people and the whole night. Um, amazing life experience. Probably one of the best decisions I made as an sure. adult was to go on that trip. And But I was 25 years old and I was using that trip as a transition period to really test out some ideas about what I wanted to do next. It was kind of a, in, in like design thinking, you, you'd call it like an MVP. It was, it was testing out 
do I want to go back to school? Do I want to work in the nonprofit or social enterprise space? Do I want to just travel for a little while and be sort of the digital nomad version of a millennial? Um, <laughs> and none of those were a perfect fit, but it was a really great opportunity to test drive a lot of those things sure. in a really short, succinct you know, period of time. But while I was on that trip, I met two really incredible people that were really transformative through that process. One of whom was um, a woman who was traveling as a, uh, what's called a lifelong learner. <laughs> so she okay. was over 40 and I think she was actually retired at that point. And she had previously been the editor in chief of the LA Times. And wow. she loved mentoring students, loved it. And I, I met her, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. So I met her um, while I was super hungover at the airport in Vietnam. And we were flying That's to random. Cambodia. Uh, and, and I made a whole stink about how I was older and I didn't need to be babysat. And I just really wanted to go to the bathroom. It was probably because I just wanted to put my head between my knees and have the room stop spinning. Uh, but when I came back, I, I just recognized how out of place that had been. And so I apologized to the woman who was running our whole thing. And, and I thought nothing of it after that. Fast forward like two more days into the trip. And I was sitting next to this woman on like a bus or something that we were on. And she tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know what? I saw how you behaved at the airport. And I was like, oh crap, here it comes. Uh. <laughs> and she was like, I really thought it was classy how you came back and you admitted you were wrong and you, um, you know, you owned up to what you did and you apologized. She's like, whatever you need on this trip, you know, I would love to help and mentor you. Wow. And I was like, oh done. Uh, and so it turns out she was the very first person who helped me recognize any of the value that there was to be had outside of or from my previous work experiences mm -hmm. that I never wanted to do again. Okay. So she literally helped me look at that whole period of Wall Street and say, okay, categorically not a happy memory, but what can I pull out of it that actually is really valuable and, and sure. beneficial to me sure. moving forward and that I actually want to keep, right? So it wasn't like, I didn't keep every single memory of Excel short codes, you know, or, you know, the intricate, the, uh, the integral parts of like bond math or anything like that. But I did keep a good sense of like a balance sheet and an income statement and a cash flow statement. And guess what? That's really served me as a business owner. Right. So she was the first person to really challenge me to look back at my previous experiences and, um, mine them sure. for gold, yeah, you know, that's awesome. Um, the other one was a guy named Jeff Hoffman, who's actually fairly famous in some circles. He's one of the co-founders of Priceline. Okay. He's now an international speaker. He's very yeah. highly sought after entrepreneur. Um, great guy. Turns out we both went to the same undergrad. And he was on the ship as a mentor for companies that were that were attending semester at sea uh, as sort of like a, an incubator uh, okay. experience which is really unique. And uh, so he came on the ship to work with these companies and I immediately heard him speak and was like, I need to talk to this man. Like yeah. he knows what's yeah. up. And one of the big things that he said was his own personal story about how in his very first job, he could actually envision 30 years down the road wasting away in his cubicle was the term that he used sure. <laughs> and how he, that scared him more than the idea of leaving and not knowing what was out there. Yeah, that's a really that, good like, point. The, does that make sense? Right? Oh, absolutely. That the certainty of that misery was scarier than the unknown quantity of leaving. And 
that resonated so deeply with me that I was like, this man needs to be my life. I want him as a mentor. Da, 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 da. So whereas the first mentor was an accident, my mentorship with Jeff Hoffman was totally on purpose and mm-hmm. I totally tricked him into it. That's so um, funny. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were on the boat and I knew we, he had gone to the same school that I did. And I saw him hanging out on one of the one of the upper decks or whatever, talking to somebody. So I ran back to my room, put on my Yale T-shirt and went walking back out on the deck where he was so he would see it yeah. and stop me. <laughs> and so he literally said, oh, my gosh, Yale. And I'm like, yeah, I went there. And he's like, me, too. And so That's it so started smart, a though. conversation. <laughs> and we've actually we've been friends ever since. Did you so. tell him that, though? <laughs> what? Did you end up telling him the story? No, I haven't told him the story. This is the first time I've ever admitted it. You need on, to. Uh, something you need that to. That would be fun. I'd, I'd love to hear yeah, the result of pretty, that. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But that's so cool, um, though. He, yeah, how yeah. like one of them, they, they just, uh, one of them, because all these stories are different, too. Just like, why do you help people and, and how mentors become into your life? Sometimes it's a little bit more straightforward. Sometimes it happens organically. And sometimes you would never think it would happen when you were hungover in Vietnam somewhere. So... <laughs> I think that's so bad. Yeah, but but it's so fun how it happens. So, no, I I think it's awesome (sighs) that you you shared that with us. And I'm so, um, so full of knowledge through this entire podcast right now. We covered so many things and it's been really enjoyable. And I'm just so happy. Thank you. um, Not only for what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And to me, that's just a little bit more special personally. So, I think that's really fun that you're doing that. But before we get out of here, what's the best way that people can contact you if they'd like to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, my name is Tracy Tim, T-R-A-C-Y-T-I-M-M. And our our proven methodology is the nth degree, which is the uh, step-by-step process to take your career from stuck to unstoppable. So if you are that miserable, miserable professional, this will will work well for you. Um, The place that you can go that's the easiest to get in touch with me is I actually uh, went ahead and created a URL specifically for your show and for viewers and listeners of your show. So that's tracytim.com, T-R-A-C-Y-T-I-M-M. R-A-C-Y-T-I-M-M.com forward slash Christoph Lewis. So K-R-I-S-T-O-F Lewis. Yeah. And and you can go there. You can literally get in touch directly with me by booking a a clarity call. And we can talk a little bit about your career and what's going on. Or you can view a myriad of other um, other pieces of content that we have out there. Great webinar. There are a couple great downloads. um, Any insights that I have that are current will be there. So um, that should just be a really nice hub oh. and place to go for whatever it is that you need. Sounds easy enough. I'm flattered to be a URL extension. That is awesome. Nobody's ever go. done that in like in like 130 episodes. I'm still flattered episodes. to be a URL myself. Like, like, am I really Googling myself? Yeah. Is this really happening? Yeah, but, I know. I love it. Uh, you all will be able to find that, you know, in the show notes, as you know, on the YouTubes, the the Twitters, the everything, the iTunes, the, the Apple, effort, the, 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 interwebs, the, the interwebs, the glorious interwebs. <laughs> Tracy, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to release this episode and listen to it again. That's the beauty of being a one-man band. I get to listen to it so many times before I release it. But thank you so much. <laughs> Have a great rest of your night. Thank you. It's so wonderful. You're doing such great work in the world. Thank you. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. All right. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,